Hey guys and welcome to Quality Shot and I'm really excited to be joined by Felix from the Tennis Brothers and I'll tell you what, if you haven't seen their channel or videos, do check it out. It's on YouTube and I'm pretty sure everyone has because it's blowing up and uh, I myself really enjoy watching uh, the channel and the videos and absolutely love it. Felix, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to, to get down into the nitty gritty of uh, YouTube and tennis. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too, to be fair, uh, to get to get to know you a little bit as well and give uh, the subscribers a bit of an insight as well. So I guess we can just start off with how you got into tennis. Well, I think originally it was more of kind of a, a social thing when I was maybe five, six was doing a few sports, tennis, football, cricket, a lot, a lot of the stuff like with friends and with school. And then I think at about seven or eight, I kind of, um, we went to this tennis academy at Chiswick Riverside when they were doing the, the program down there. And then, you know, I really enjoyed it. I made some friends along the way. And then ever since then, I've kind of focused as tennis as, um, on tennis as my main kind of sport, I guess, since I guess seven, eight years old. And then kind of just obviously improved. And then my brother hopped into tennis, which was great. Uh, so then, you know, both, both brothers, you know, playing through the, through the ages in tennis pretty much and um yeah haven't really done any other sports since i mean not not properly anyway yeah no that sounds cool and i guess being uh well playing a lot of tennis and also your brother as well it's probably quite cool because you guys get to discuss it a lot as well so you've got a lot in common in that aspect so i'm sure you're giving him lots of tips as well because um you're the, the older one aren't you out of the two? Oh yeah for sure i mean there's loads of instances where like we're having a hit or, you know, I'll come to watch him play tournaments and I he comes to watch me play. So there's a lot of kind of overlap with you know, the two ages. I can give him some advice. He gives me some advice, you know, from a different perspective. And it's just great, I guess, to have someone else that's kind of interested in the sport. Because I guess when you're doing it by yourself, tennis is a very individual sport. So, I mean, that's why like, American colleges do so well, because you've got like a team kind of environment. So it's good to have someone in the household that's, you know, at least playing sport and especially tennis, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know my younger brother hates me uh, coaching him when it comes to cricket. So we play as both play cricket. Uh, so he yeah. hates. It. I'm sure you're. I'm sure you get that a couple of times. So I know what I'm doing. Well, so, I know what I'm doing. It's a bit of brotherly <laughs> love, but um, yeah, not. Exactly. It's, it's getting less as kind of you get older and a bit more mature. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So how how did you come up with the concept? I guess for the YouTube channel because it's it's quite unique. Like there's there's hard, there's not yeah. many channels, if any, to be fair, yeah. uh, that are like that, and it's really really uh, cool. Especially, of course, the the recent segment, the road to 180p point as well, mm -hmm. where you're kind of going around the country with uh, yeah. your dad as well. And it's quite mm -hmm. cool. You're giving a good insight into what it's like to go to these yeah. tournaments and money in, money out and uh, match footage, et cetera. And also you're doing a bit of commentary on top of it, which is fantastic. So yeah, and a bit of insight. So um, not just that segment, but the channel as a whole, like how did it come about? Well, originally I have to give some credit to my dad here. It was way back in, it started on Instagram, so Tennis Brothers, and then after a year or two, we obviously saw Vine was a thing back back in the day, which was like six second videos. And then we thought, OK, well, six seconds is not a lot to show tennis. So why don't we hop over to YouTube? Because obviously back like 2013, YouTube wasn't a very big thing. And there were very, very, very little channels. Um, there still aren't many you know, channels. There aren't many big channels either, from especially from kind of individual creators. You've obviously got like Tennis TV, big accounts, but actual individual creators, there's not too many people. So we obviously saw... Okay, can we show our tennis journey through the medium of YouTube? We didn't stay too consistent at the beginning. Obviously, it was kind of like testing it out. Uh, I think 2018, we began to take it a little bit more seriously with doing a video a week, et cetera, or even more. I think we posted like 150 videos that year. So that was like the proper year where we kind of started doing videos, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, I think I've kind of learned through that whole process because my dad obviously did a lot of the editing and stuff when I was like, you know, 10 years old. I'm not going to be able to edit a video every week. Uh, you know, he was filming, he was doing loads of awesome stuff. Um, and obviously we were kind of just the actors, I guess, um, you know, up until a few years ago. 
And then obviously recently I've taken a gap year. So I've got a little bit more time and I've taken kind of, I obviously watch a lot of YouTube or I have watched a lot of YouTube in the kind of the past few years. And so throughout that entire time, I'm kind of watching the way that these creators on not just tennis are creating these videos. You're going to, you've got Mr. Beast, you've got so many great YouTubers who do the editing in a slightly different way. So I thought, how can I put that type of style and video creation into a tennis format? And obviously the, the tennis format is slightly unique with showing your journey because there aren't that many people anyway, but how can I make that you know good? So I said, okay, I'm going to do one video a week. I don't want to overstress myself. I could do two, I could do three, but then the quality is not going to be there. And I'm just going to show my journey um, throughout the throughout the entire year of trying to get one ATP point and hopefully further on the, down the line, you know, getting higher up in the ATP ranks, you know, it's applicable to anything. That's just kind of the name of, I guess, the start of the, the start of the journey. Um, and yeah, it's taken taken us to here. Obviously, I think people are enjoying the series. I think it's gone better, better than I could have obviously imagined in terms of kind of all the metrics and the support that it, it, it's got. And I'm super excited and um, to kind of see where it goes and see how it progresses, not only on YouTube, but also of course, my journey. And it's great that other people are obviously you know, living living with me and kind of as I go as well. Yeah, it's great because they're able to kind of, as you said, they're going on the journey with you, which is why I think mm. it's, it's so uh, great to watch. It's not, it is real, uh, but obviously you've, as you said, like it, you can tell like you've managed to make it relatable and also uh, entertaining. So you kind of mix the merged kind of the mainstream media, mainstream, I guess, YouTube media with you know, tennis, right? And you've kind of mm. merged into your own style, which is really cool. Uh, to see as well and also I, I love the kind of commentary on top of it and you're kind of explaining your thought yeah. process as well while playing which is, I think anyone who plays tennis can relate to like you yeah. know and you're saying okay this is what I've done wrong it's what I've done well and then also the analysis after so uh, that was really cool uh, you said about you actually just briefly mentioned that obviously you know one one ATP point is obviously the start point but you know mm-hmm. you want to kind of progress further yeah. um, obviously it's really early days but uh, and you know you don't have to say you've got goals or not but do you have ambitions or goals like set out like some people have you know i want to make for example whatever top 500 at this age or etc or yeah. is it just one step at a time and just kind of tick it off as you go along i mean for me my ultimate aim from tennis is to be able to create a living from the actual playing of the tennis and nothing outside of it um and to be able to kind of i guess play on the tour and have those experiences at big major tournaments not necessarily being one of the works i want to kind of keep it relatively realistic but if i can achieve that obviously anything onwards of that would be great i don't want to set myself um a specific goal within the kind of age because then it gets it gets really tough and you base your decisions on trying to hit those goals i guess especially with university and the college route people players are peaking in the top 100 at like 28 29 now the setting yourself the goal i need to be this by 22 obviously then you're thinking okay throughout my university i've got to be, get there and then that maybe doesn't work and you have to make a decision which in hindsight may have been the wrong one because oh i've got five years playing futures i don't i only need two years or whatever so i mean yeah you can rush into decisions when you have a specific like time target but for me yeah just to make a living from tennis yeah no that we definitely sound like you've got a very uh good uh, head on your shoulders to be fair which is really really cool to hear as well i'm sure people would love to hear that so uh, realistic but also ambitious at the same time which is which is really great um in, in terms of like growing up obviously you know we're both from the uk actually from a yeah. similar area as well um in terms of like players growing up who did you look towards um i guess you can even say I mean, what was the first tennis match you watched as well um kind of what, what inspired you growing up and role models etc as well I mean, I mean, it has to be the big three, mainly. Rafa, Roger, and Joe Novak. 
um, they're kind of just dominating the whole period that I was watching since. I mean, I was born 2003, started in tennis 2010. Since then, it's been like a, the big three show. I think one of my favorite players is Annie Murray. He's obviously, you know, he's, he's from the UK or Scotland specifically, but he's obviously representing, you know, uh, our nation on a, on a global scale. And I've obviously watched him play in practice sessions in tournaments. Um, and he was one of the first players I actually watched in the uh, O2, I think it was. Um, so watching him and, you know, seeing him in play was like just amazing. And, you know, he's inspired me. And I think I've based my game style a little bit around him as well, because kind of like a baseline player, big hitting from the back. You know, I quite enjoy that. I'm trying to mix it up a little bit, come to the net with a big serve, trying to get that kind of John Isner style a little bit more ingrained in the indoor <laughs> hardcore season. That's always, you know, you know what you want. But um, yeah, so he was probably the biggest kind of inspiration growing up. And I'd love to to hopefully have a hit with him someday. Maybe maybe play him in a match if he's not retired by then. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You know, I'm sure, well, that's, that, that's a good goal to have. That's quite a yeah. fun goal to have. So you, you just mentioned, obviously, a little bit kind of style of kind of Andy Murray and John mm. Isner one as well, which um, not many people can pull that off. But your net play is, is really impressive, actually. I think that's something that um, I've seen a lot of people on videos and also myself as I'm watching as someone who plays just club tennis. Mm. Um, not many people... Nowadays, especially younger um, players coming yeah. through, are you know willing to come to the net um, or, yeah. or off the serve, especially if you're not like a six foot three, six foot four you know, plus giant. Mm. A lot of people are kind of weary about coming to the net, but if you've got good enough hands and your transition game is good enough, then which yours obviously is from what I've seen from what we've been watching, um, then it, it makes a huge difference. So that, that's great to see that you've got the variation there. Um, what other? I mean, you might be no one, but. When you're watching matches, I don't know how much tennis you do actually watch. Yeah. Um, who are you looking at to say, okay, this is what I want to take from this person? You said about Isner, obviously, serving volley. But, like, you know, for example, when you're looking at your forehand, your backhand or your or your specific volleys or your mm -hmm. overheads, for example, like, who are the types of people that you're watching a lot of footage on to try and uh, emulate? Or is it not at all? You're just doing kind of what you I think mean... is technically the best. I, I think that the, the number one thing I'm trying to think about when I'm, I guess, watching certain players is kind of their mindset. For me, that's quite important. I learn a lot from players with in certain situations about their mindset. I mean, forehand, backhand, volleys. I mean, a lot of the players are kind of, you know, they've got their own yeah. technique, but they're all very, very good. I mean, Isna on serve, you know, maybe a slightly different category, but the style that they're playing and the way that they're playing is very similar. You know, you not haven't got one guy up here and one guy down there. Maybe there's little bits and pieces from from certain players, uh, certain shots that I, I kind of look at. I guess I like the the fed forehand. Who doesn't? I mean, it's unreal. Um, mm. You know, at the Murray backhand, those are kind of the two main shots. But I mean, other than that, it's like the the mindset in tough situations, you know, how how well players like Novak are able to deal under pressure. That's kind of what I really look for in a match. And I think that really makes a tennis player that I take a bit of inspiration from. And obviously, I enjoy watching players like Kyrgios, um, who's uh, super entertaining to watch. I mean, you know, I'll always turn the TV on to watch Nick. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was just watching him now against uh, Yannick yeah. Sinner blow up. So that was a very entertaining match whilst it lasted anyway. Um, you talked about the mental side. So, mm -hmm. uh, and that when you're watching, you see how these guys, I guess, they handle the pressure and the big points because a lot of tennis, to be fair, like you right, rightfully said, is the mental side of things because you will see players win because of how the scoring system works. They might win less points, but they'll end up winning the match because yeah. in the big points, they're the ones who are able to grind out and win those important points um for you like uh, you're playing at the moment as well uh, and you're playing a lot how much would you say is a percentage is the mental side at the moment and then what would you say is kind of remainder is a skill-based 
or conditioning? It's a tough question because I think actually the level of players, there was a, I don't know if you know, My Tennis HQ, he did a video. Yeah, um, yeah I watched it, yeah. Kind of my game, yeah. So he was kind of saying, which is quite interesting, the players in the level from maybe, I don't know, 600 ATP to players outside the ATP rankings like myself actually have a very similar level of game obviously mm. and what sets them apart is the actual mental side the experience on the tour and those type of factors so i think kind of you know mental super super important when it comes down to tournaments in terms of level of tennis probably i'd say it's more important than not obviously i think it's obviously one of the most important things but in a match it's by far the most important thing that you know if you can master the mental side you can get the best out of yourself because i'd back myself uh, if I'm playing the best tennis I've ever played in my life to win a match than if I was, I don't know, had a year's more training, but I, I was t in a bad state mentally. I wasn't playing well. I mean, you see players on the top tour lose like love and love in a match and mm. they'd probably, you know, I'd probably maybe get a few games off them. And, you know, you're thinking, how has that happened? You're so much better. You've played for so many years. Yeah. But, it's, you know, it's all up here at the end of the day. Yeah. No, 100%. And that's why you see like some other top, top players, top 10, they mm. might get bageled. Uh, exactly. one day and then the next day you know to uh, someone who's at the top 100 uh, and then you know, the next day they're a world beater so um you, it, it's amazing how uh, powerful the brain is to be fair and the mind um just quickly actually for those who uh, because obviously you know we're, we're both based in the uk but there's quite mm -hmm. a few people watching that won't be as well so you mentioned like the indoor hard kind of swing that you've got at the moment playing tournaments you're playing a lot of domestic tournaments we you be able to break down like say you've got calendar year yeah. What does it look like in terms of surfaces and kind of tournaments running through it? I mean, within the UK or just in general? Well, say for you, for example, say if you were to say your candy year, say if okay. we're in March now, yeah. what does it kind of look like for someone at your level at the moment? Well, I think obviously within the UK, the main surfaces are obviously indoor hardcore during kind of the winter and then, you know, outdoor hardcore or outdoor kind of fake clay or like yeah. Astro. Kind oh, of yeah, yeah. Um, but I think for me, kind of going abroad, it, I'd look to play on outdoor hard or clay. So for maybe a lot of the summer period, it will be outdoor hard or clay when I'm abroad. Maybe I think I'm planning maybe five, five, six weeks of futures tournaments. So not not too much. And I'm also planning to go to Moritoglu. They've got a lot of clay courts and uh, in, a bit of indoor hard, a bit of outdoor hard. Um, and then obviously when it comes to the summer swing like Wimbledon, I'll hopefully be here. I enjoy like watching Wimbledon and they'll, they'll play a few tournaments on the grass. So that's, that's a bit of a novelty factor. I know a lot of people say on like videos where I show me playing on grass, like how crazy it is. <laughs> and obviously to people in the UK, there's actually reasonable amount of grass courts in the yep. summer. Um, so, you yep. know, it's not too crazy. So I play a few tournaments on the, on the grass and then but obviously winter is a lot of kind of indoor, indoor hard. Um, I mean, throughout the kind of, unless you're traveling to a like tropical country, that's where you're going to be playing most of your hard court tennis in the winter. Yeah, no, thanks for that. Yeah, there's lots. Of, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, even for people who are kind of club players, you can play on the grass, right? So, yeah, I know that All England Tennis Club they've got uh, in Rains Park, even that's mm -hmm. here in the UK. Um, yeah, I've got, been there. Yeah, they've, yeah, they've got the grass court there, so I play indoors there sometimes as well. But yeah, um, yeah, I know, I know you're pressed for time, so um, we'll try and wrap up pretty soon as well. But uh, Moratoglu Academy, you mentioned that obviously you're going to go there, and I've, mm -hmm. I know that you've also had some experience with. Uh, Patrick Moritoglu uh, even in the yeah. past as well. What was the experience like briefly? Um, well, it was great. I mean, we, we, it was a filming kind of session. That was the main focus. So it wasn't like the focus was on our session. So Dunlop, uh, who the, I was there with a the camp uh, from Dunlop, and they then came to film 
uh, for the new SX racket launch and he kind of gave me some tips. Obviously, it was still helpful in like 30, 40 minutes. He was super nice and you know, had a chat after, after the cameras were off and stuff like that. And yeah, he was just taking me through kind of, um, you know, one of those Instagram kind of uh, things he does on Insta where he like teaches you a certain shot on how to improve it, stuff like that. So that was, that was, that was pretty helpful. Obviously, it, a bit of it, most of it was for the camera, like, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, jokes, that thing, but of course it has to be. Um, but I think as well, because it was with the Dunlop, it may have been a bit extra. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of going back. And I think I tried to plan it so that I'm there when he's there in like uh, yeah. May. So maybe we can do something again then. That, that should be pretty cool. Exactly. You need to ask him uh, to hit with Sitsipass. That's what you need to ask. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hit with Sitsipass. Can I hit with Michael? Serena. Yeah. All these players. yeah, exactly. Serena. Just line them up. Line them up. So, yeah, exactly. Um... Line, line them up. I'm ready. I'm here. 10 points high <laughs> against each of them. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then before we go, just quickly, Grand Sam predictions for the rest of the year. I'm really early, but we're probably not going to be able to chat. I know you're a busy man. Um, mm. If you had to pick... Uh, someone for you know from the men's side let's say uh, for the French Wimbledon and US Open who okay. do you think? I mean I was gonna go Rafa for French but obviously he's got a little bit of a problem at the moment mm. and I don't know how how fit he's going to be but knowing Rafa the guy's superhuman so I'm gonna have to back Rafa to win French um, Wimbledon's very open in my opinion it depends who plays I guess if Novak can play I'm saying Novak mm. but um if Novak can't play, I'm backing. Uh, oh, it's so tough. Uh, I'm backing. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's no one really that stands out. I'm gonna say Alcaraz to win Wimbledon and uh, US Alcaraz again. Why not? Oh wow! Okay, I love I it. Mean, yeah. That guy, that guy is insane. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Again, it depends. I, I I would say Novak. If he plays, Novak will win. That's my prediction. Yeah. But Apart from that, I think, you know, it's pretty open between like Alcaraz, Tsitsipas, Sverev, and maybe like, I don't know, Fritz, those types of players, Kyrgios if he plays well. I think Kyrgios might win Miami. Oh, Kyrgios, Alcaraz to win Miami. That's my Miami prediction. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. No, no I mean, Alcaraz is, is incredible. So um, it's not as left field a prediction, to be fair, as some people might think yeah. he is incredible. Uh, thanks, Felix, for your time. Really appreciate it. I know you've, uh, you, a man in demand, so I won't take up too much of your time. Uh, guys, do check out um, Tennis Brothers on YouTube and also Instagram as well. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap up? And thanks for having me, I guess. <laughs> no worries at all. No worries at all. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, yeah, we can catch up soon. And good luck as well uh, with uh, the road to 180p points, not just with the videos, but of course as well with your journey because that's the most important thing, of course, as well. And I can see you're enjoying it. So yeah, all the best. Cheers. Thank you. Great to talk.